made it. Yeah. You made it. Seven episodes in a row? Yeah. I only have to do it. We only have to do it one more time. And then, uh, we won. Why only one more time? Because I only, I gave myself two strikes. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. We've got, we've got three episodes and only one of them has to have an intro. I'd say we we go for the full Monty. Here. Well, yeah, I'm I'm gonna aim for a perfect score. I mean, I'm not it's gonna... like bowling three hundred. You know, it just takes practice. Yeah, any idiot can do it. You're not gonna get to the to the last frame and be like, well, <laughs> it's close enough. Yeah. <laughs> I'll need that last turkey. That's what they're called, right? When you get three in a row. Yeah. I don't know if they still use that term at ten in a row, but. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. What what is that? What's a what's a group of turkeys? Is it not a flock anymore? Well, I don't know. There's gaggles of geese. That's murder murders of crows. and crows. I don't know how turkeys gather. Gaggle seems appropriate. It seems right, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Hmm. We'll never know. There's no way to look it up. What a shame. If we have any ornithological experts out there. You just knocked it out of the park. I'm just happy I said the right word. Or did I? We'll never we'll know. We'll never know. There's no way to fact check. Oh, gosh. It's been a hot day. It's a hot day. Yeah, I'd like to, I'd like to tell our listening audience that this is the first episode that we are recording where I'm wearing shorts. Jorts. Jorts, even. Yeah, you're showing all sorts of skin. It's tank top, shorts. It's the first real nice day of the year here in Seattle. Hence my wicked pit stains. <laughs> I don't know if you can see those from where you're listening, listener, but um, they're there. <laughs> they're a sight. <laughs> but at least they're not a scent. That's true. That's true. There's no. Um, we're not. We're, we, no one's interested in broadcasting that. That uh, sense that I know of. Yeah, I'm I'm using Aqua Reef deodorant. So, mm. do you smell like the ocean? J- the tropics, yeah. It's like the underside of a sea anemone. <laughs> when you put it on every morning, are you just transported to uh, an island paradise? There's a coconut drink in your hand. It, it, it's. It's, it's like the barnacles are eating the plankton. <laughs> I already feel the sunburn on your face. Like a squid bee down there. <laughs> Even though I'm sick. Lovely picture you painted, I'm, I'm, I imagine. Anything, anything fun you've been up to? Uh, I s- watched all four episodes of Twin Peaks. Oh man! The new series. They released four episodes? Yeah, so at first, like, I heard that they were going to release them weekly. Like, David Lynch specifically said that he wanted to have a week between viewings because he wanted viewers to be able to, like, absorb what they watched and, mm-hmm. you know, ruminate on it. Uh, so I started watching the first one, and then, like, the second one started playing. I'm like, what the hell's going on? But then I see it's, like, Twin Peaks Return Part 2. And I was like, oh, it's just, like, a really long... Like, it's a two-part episode or something. Yeah, yeah. And then episode three starts coming on. I'm like, okay, what the hell's going on? <laughs> I wasn't expecting to watch four hours of Twin Peaks last night. <laughs> How do you feel about it? It's definitely very Lynch. Mm-hmm. I I don't know how I feel about it so far. Okay. Um, a, this is the first time David Lynch has directed anything long form since Inland Empire. Right. That was like... 2005, 2004? I thought you were going to say that was really bad. And that was really bad. <laughs> so I was worried, like, him diving into this. I'm like, this is just, like, what if his head is still up his ass about this? Like, and I'm not entirely convinced his head isn't up his art ass. Oh, no. Like, <laughs> it's way in, in, like, that strange Lynchian direction. Like, it's not, like, a fine middle line. Yeah. It's very much on one side of the spectrum. Okay. Um, I'm going to withhold judgment. There's a lot to go. Right. Uh, and it's not bad by any means. It's just really heady, really arty. And 
he's not in any hurry to tie up all the loose ends. Um, well, cool. I know everyone's really excited about it. So Yeah. I'm, uh, speaking of being excited about things, I just found out today, maybe it was last night, that um, there's two films uh, from two of my favorite directors uh, debuting at Cannes. Oh, right yeah? Now. Yeah. There's a Bong Joon-ho film yeah. that's coming out. Um, that's actually going to be, as soon as it's done with the festival circuit, Netflix is going to release it, which yeah. I think is great. And then um, there's a new Todd Haynes, too. Oh, it, so quickly. Okay. Yeah. Noah Baumbach had a film at Cannes this year as well. Oh, wow. That Netflix produced. It's going to come to Netflix like after doing the festival circuit. Awesome. I read a thing. Yeah, I, read, I found out about those because somebody posted some article that like people were booing Netflix-produced movies at, at yeah. Cannes. Yeah. Because they're like, oh, there's only, you don't have to see it in the theater, blah, 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 which I kind of land on, no, you don't. <laughs> I I know that the movie experience is different when you see it, um, you know, in a theater with people, blah, blah, blah. And like, I like to see movies that way, too, but I, I don't think you should disparage streaming services because it's like, I don't know, growing up in you know, a suburb, an exurb of Colorado Springs, Colorado yeah. in the middle of nowhere. Like the indie film section at Blockbuster was amazing. You know, yeah. like, I would never get a chance to see these movies otherwise, you know? So it's like being able to see something on the small screen, even though I'm not getting the experience that the director intended. It's like, you had such gay face when you said that. <laughs> it's great. Oh, also I wanted to tell you about a movie that I saw. Okay. Um, have you ever seen Night of the Comet? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. Oh, that's go, that's go, a go. classic. Yeah. I oh, just yeah. I saw it for the first time. I haven't ever seen it before. I mean, 80s horror movies. That's my jam. Like, <laughs> Is it a that's horror a, movie? I feel like that I, has yeah, I guess a real more, problem with genre. <laughs> I guess it's more just dystopian or apocalyptic. I but, feel like it was a movie with many personalities. <laughs> Didn't uh, know what kind of movie it wanted to be. But basically, if if... If your movie has that 80s of hair in it, I'm going to watch it. Yeah. And that, that had some 80s fashion in it pretty hard. Yeah. Oh, I also watched Crimson Peak finally, too. Okay. I finished my Crimson um, double feature there. You did Crimson Tide and Crimson Peak? Yep. Very different movies, but that's cool. Very different, yeah. Um, and I, the biggest thing I can draw from that is Tom Hiddleston is a babe. <laughs> Still, if anybody was wondering... I was wondering, actually. He's, Even though I've seen that movie. He's a handsome gentleman. What's the movie where he's naked? High Rise? Yeah. 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 Does he show his butt more or less often than Neil McGregor shows his front? Probably less, but I haven't seen all the Tom, as many Tom Hiddleston movies as okay. I've seen Neil McGregor movies. So, okay. it's tough, tough to say there. Um, also, he's not responding to any of my emails. You'd think if you're emailing somebody six to ten times a day, <laughs> it'd respond to one of them. <laughs> one of them when we get through the net. Yeah. I'm not making up all those fake email addresses for nothing. But to be fair, they're all just like Tom Hiddleston fan one, Tom yeah. Hiddleston fan two. <laughs> Still, one should get through. <laughs> What is love? God. Let me grab my notes. <laughs> <clears throat> love is... Never having to say you're sorry. Webster's defines a wedding as... <laughs> um... The act of removing weeds from one's garden. <laughs> so this week, we watched Take This Waltz. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a movie by directed, written, and produced by Sarah Polly. Yes. Um, Who some of you might remember from the Dawn of the Dead remake. That's right. Um, or Go. Yes. Or uh, X-rated episode three, Sweet Hereafter. It was four, but close enough. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, this is her second feature-length film that she made. 
Yes. Uh, I'm, it's from 2011 or 12. I should write that down. I saw it... So, uh, the day that I watched it was almost five years to the day that I watched it originally. What? I, yeah, I looked it up. Wow. Uh, because when I initially saw it, it was part of SIF. Right, okay. And they were just doing, like, one screening, like, one day, like, it was coming through town, then it was moving on. Uh, and, yeah, and SIP's going on right now, so I was like, oh, it had okay. to be pretty close. And it was, like, within, like, five days wow. of, like, the five-year anniversary. Look at that. So 2012, then. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Or at least it showed here 2012. Okay. Like, Fair enough. Did you like it then? No. Did you like it this time? More, but not really. Ooh, this is good. We've got, uh, a, we've got a dividing line here. Yeah, so I feel as Sarah Polly as a director, this is a success. Mm -hmm. But as a writer, this is a failure. Okay. Because there are some scenes where I just hated everything that was they, they, that was coming out of their mouths. <laughs> uh, are you talking about the airplane scene? The, the uh, Right off the bat, yep, I'm hating that part. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, why don't you, for our listenership, run down the, the basic premise? Well, basically, um, this woman, uh, it focuses on a woman played by, her name's Margot, and it's played by Michelle Williams, and she is just a restless, hopeless romantic who's in a, mm. in a, in a, been married for five years to Seth Rogen. Um, and then she, uh, while on assignment for her job, she runs into this dude. Um, and uh, they kind of hit it off on the flight back from wherever they're coming from. And then she finds out he's her neighbor. And romantic situations ensue? Yeah, see, you say that she's restless. I think that she is sort of spoiled and naive. Okay. I think she she's she got into a comfortable marriage. Mhm. Mm maybe before she properly sowed her wild oats. And now she's got a little buyer's remorse. Mhm. Mm but I, there's nothing that Seth Rogen does in this movie that makes me feel she should leave him. <laughs> like not a damn thing. Yeah. Now it kind of plays out like without giving too much away. It it the movie well, sort of give it away. takes my side in in the very end of things. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, but th there's just never a point where I'm like, yeah, she needs to like go hit that, or like she needs to like leave this marriage. Or like, he's nice, he's funny, he tries to be romantic, he tries to be sweet. I don't know, he's got a cookbook coming out. Seems like he's got his career at least on the right path mm -hmm. and she's just like ah i hate this i'm trapped I'm like, <laughs> i don't know when i first saw the movie i was like the guy that she starts having feels for i was like yeah he's pretty hot i might have to have like a, a you know behind a, a curtain fling with him <laughs> but like not like up and like ruin your marriage and this time around I'm like mm, he's like hot when you're like 23 and like now that i'm you know in my 30s i'm like mm, he's just skinny <laughs> well i think that um that's uh that's totally a valid point okay. um i would argue that um she has a problem with wanting the romance more than wanting the person okay so when she realizes after meeting Oh god, he's, I don't even know his name. The, the hot one? Yeah, hot one. Yeah, I remember now. We'll just there's we'll, no way to look at Here two four will be referred to as hot one. Yeah. Um she's it's not even about him. It's about the feeling of romance that she's that she's excited about with him. You know, it's like yeah. it, it's the fact that that um she she doesn't, I mean, she says, she even says, and I admit that some of the writing is a little clunky. It's, it plays out like a play a little bit. But like, you know, she's on the plane. She says, I'm afraid of connection. I hated it <laughs> so much. Like I'm watching it and I'm just a little worried because I was like, oh, I didn't like this movie when I saw it five years ago. 
And I'm like, I'm, this is immediately confirming my worst fears. Yeah. But I think, but then I would also argue uh, that that is sort of, this movie kind of is a, uh, it's sort of trying to take the romantic comedy genre and turn it on its ear a little bit. Okay. Because you basically, you get there. The movie starts off with their meet cute, basically, you know, when they're on the plane and they get in the cab to go, what, why they're sharing the cab, no one knows, it's not, that's kind of stupid, but it's in like, oh, you live next door to me, you know, and like, I could definitely see cutting a trailer for this movie where it's like, Margot's a successful writer, hot guy's an artist, you know, with a husband coming out with a chicken cookbook, blah, 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 but I think that, uh, yeah, she's trying to kind of take that trope an idea and genre and kind of twist it a little bit. So, so yeah, so basically the first part where they're on the plane, that's like the meet cute, you know? And then you kind of learn that, um, she has, she has a a pretty good relationship. It's kind of quirky, um, which is annoying (laughs) to anybody else besides the people that are in a relationship. Uh, yeah, Michelle Williams sort of has this, uh, she's got the lock on like the Pollyanna who's like being crushed by her world. Yeah. Like she looks, she looks younger than she actually is. I feel like all the time, like Mm -hmm. she has sort of a girlish quality about her. Uh, but at the same time, she's got like a sadness to her. Yeah. I think she's fantastic in this movie personally. Yeah. The acting is solid. Like that's why she, she rings some good scenes out of some less than stellar writing like and i don't want to i don't want to hate on sarah polly too much but there's like there's definitely some monologues that you could imagine some teenager saying that would make you cringe and want to like claw your face off but she pulls them off i think i think she she's very good and i think that the strength of the performances also kind of speaks to why i feel that uh Sarah is a, a good director. Because mm-hmm. the movie looks very good, too. Like, we have the opening scene yeah, where I've, she's baking. Yeah. And it just has, like, it's sort of fuzzy, or it kind of goes in and out Soft of focus. focus yeah. Uh, Saturated and, colors. Yeah, it's got this nice golden hue to it. And then the set itself, like, the hardwood floors and the wood right. paneling, like, it all looks very nice and warm. And, like, it's something that, like, it's those little touches, like, throughout the whole movie. Like, all the sets really look pretty good in the movie. Right. Like, Their house is Looks oh great. my god, it's a gorgeous house. <laughs> I love it. Oh my god. And I love the like later one when they're like spinning around the oh my space. That was a ridiculous place though. Like, <laughs> that that's like a fantasy loft. I feel like it would be cold all the time. Or hot in the summer, depending. Yeah. But anyway. Um that's beside the point. But yeah, I agree with you. The movie I think the movie one of its strengths is definitely the, the cinematography and just the look of it. Mm-hmm. There's like that saturated soft warm glow to it mm-hmm. it's nice and it feels and that i would argue is another like take on romantic like mm-hmm. the idea of romance and what it is because it kind of puts you in that headspace of like rose colored glasses or something like that mm-hmm. so to go to your your idea that michelle williams wanted like the romance uh-huh. uh like it's sort of true because her and seth program have a very comfortable relationship right you know they Say like I love you so much. I'm gonna inject your face with a curious combination of swine flu and Ebola. <laughs> and like they pee in front of one another and brush right. their teeth at the same time and you know, there's all that sort of thing. So it's like, yeah, they're nice and comfy and there's no real hard passion. It's like when they do try and be passionate, like something always fucks it up. And I always blame it on her. Like when I watch those scenes, I was like, you are just not reacting well to this. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. I've never been in a relationship that's lasted five years, so I don't know. <laughs> um, maybe you can speak to that a little more. I mean, it's sort of true, but like just the way that she reacted to it, I'm like, you were like going overboard, just not, just playing the cool or going with the flow like you were just like stopping the flow like you were a damn on this like sexuality thing going on like yeah. I don't know stuff like that bothered me I'm like you just just be cool lady <laughs> it's cause she wants the romance of it you know she does she wants those she wants those first parts of the relationship because and we see that at the end when I mean we may as well just say it eventually she gets with hot dude yeah um and then uh we have this 
crazy direct directing montage. It's not a montage. What well, is it? I mean, it kind of is. It's, I guess it's it a is montage. sort of like a variant of a montage. Like instead of cutting from scene to scene, we have the two of them in the center of this wonderful like loft, loft yeah. and the camera's spinning around them like on a dolly right. I guess. and showing the passage of time basically yeah and like something will kind of block like a dresser or a bureau or something yeah. and like every time like you pan past it like there's a different point in their relationship right all to the Leonard Cohen song Take This Waltz and I appreciated that when I saw that in theaters like I just wanted to like throw my popcorn at the screen <laughs> uh, watching it now though I kind of liked it because it felt like Sarah Polly was trying to do was trying to do a montage but in a unique way right and I don't know if it was totally on target but I don't know there's something about the effort and I, I guess I just ended up liking it more than I used to yeah uh, but but so we see that after she gets with him um, there's an incident where she has to go back to talk to Seth Rogen and she's kind of realizing that like Oh, maybe this is what I like more. Yeah. So it's like she's just she just suffers from grass is always greener syndrome, right? Yeah. Where it's just like no matter where she is, the other thing is better. That she's like you know if it's like you offer her this or that, she's always gonna say that. Well, she gets that like new relationship high, mm-hmm. like she this explosion of sexual energy when when she gets with hot guy, mm-hmm. and. You know, it's not just, like, the two of them. Like, they have the three-way where it's, like, the, you know, two girls and the hot guy. But then, equal opportunity, they have a devil's three-way, too. And you you can tell she's loving it. (laughs) Uh, And then, once it kind of calms down, like, it gets to the point where they're, like, just, like, cuddling while watching TV. Right. Uh, The sex doesn't seem so passionate anymore. Yeah. And then there's a scene that they mirror from earlier where she's peeing. Right. And when it was with Seth Rogen, like, he was brushing his teeth and, like, talking to yeah. her. I think he even pain. gives her a kiss or something weird, like, yeah. on the top of her head or something. I think so. And then this time, it's, like, she starts to pee and, like, he walks out. Right. Like, he doesn't want to see that. Right. And then, like, I mean, that's, that's, like, that's one of my, one of the better parts about this movie, I think, is that, like, it could, I feel like you could cut the movie off when, um... She finally does go with Hawkeye. Like, okay. you, that could be the end of this movie. But what she does is she keeps the story going for another 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. And we learn that she'll never be satisfied. Like, yeah. she's, it's not like Seth, her and Seth Rogen's relationship was bad and that she needed to do this, go with this guy. It's just that she's somebody who's in love with love and needs to get that, you know, experience okay. all the time. Uh and that is a symptom, I would say, of Hollywood throwing us all these fucking rom-coms and saying, like, this is what you need to have. You know, this is what love is, blah, blah, blah. So that's kind of what I, I feel like she's aiming for with trying to undermine the genre a little bit. Yeah, I mean, Hawkeye was hot. Like, uh, uh, I see the attraction. But there was something just, maybe this is just speaking to me and, like, the point in my life. But I'm like... Seth Rogen, A, this is, like, the best he's looked in, like, any movie. Like... Yeah, I found myself thinking, like, Seth Rogen's kind of cute. Yeah, I did, too. I was like, he's cute, he's kind of funny, he's always cooking. I know. Like, but it's always chicken. I'm down with chicken. Yeah. And the house always smells really good when it's cooking, it's just the smell of chicken garbage is pretty gross. But I'm like, there's... I don't know, there's worse husbands to have, like... Totally, I mean, and that's that's kind of the point... Of this, I mean, that's and that's something that gets brought up in the shower scene. Yeah, um, where which I want to go back to that. <laughs> we'll get there. Okay. Uh, but yeah, Sarah Silverman, who's also in this movie, you know, mentions that like Sarah Silverman. I want to say is the best part of this movie. Yeah, she's great. I realize so ever since you've mentioned like oh anybody who can do comedy can do drama. can probably do drama. Like I I realize I'm just picking all these movies that have that in it. <laughs> Because it's true. I mean, it's true, though. Like, yeah. in this movie, there's two. We've got Seth Rogen and we've got and Sarah Silverman. I love that Seth Rogen and Sarah Silverman are playing siblings because they're both comedians. And I feel comedians, especially, like, ones of, like, similar, like, age, like, peers, mm-hmm. are less likely to have a filter around one another. Yeah. And I feel like to for, like, a sibling sort of situation to have a sibling relationship on screen, you don't want that filter because, like, siblings have known each other so long. Right. And I feel like putting two pure comedians next to one another 
and having them play siblings is perfect. I bought it, yeah. It looked, looked real to me. Yeah, like, just the way that they, like, hit each other on the shoulder and the way that they joke and banter and laugh. Like, I'm like, that looks like siblings. Totally. Like, yeah. Uh, and Sarah Silverman, did you ever see I Smile Back? Mm-mm. It was basically if this movie was about Sarah Silverman. Oh, wow, okay. Uh, it's a drama. She plays, like, a, a, a mom with substance abuse. And okay. it's like the beginning of the movie, like she's battling with sobriety and then it's like hills and valleys. And like by the end of the movie, like she has to like leave because she can't like do everything. Okay. And it's not a great movie, but like Sarah Silverman was very good in it. Mm-hmm. And I also like because in that movie, she was a very good mother mm. and a terrible everything else. Oh. Uh, like she pulled it together for her kids, but she did not pull it together for her husband, she did not pull it together for anyone else. Yeah, uh, and it just seemed like a continuation of her character here. And I think I think she's got dramatic chops too. Like totally, yes. Yeah. It's just it's like you say. I keep seeing examples of it now. <laughs> um, also, I guess while we're talking about mothers, real fast, do you get the impression that Michelle Williams' character in this movie would be a terrible mother? Oh yeah, because I, I mean, I, she was a terrible wife. It's <laughs> just like. When she starts this, when I watched it and she started talking to Seth Rogen about having kids, or like, oh, a dog's a starter for having kids. It was like, no, 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 no. You do not get to have kids until you get to figure yourself out a little more. Yeah. Because it was, ugh. Can you imagine? Yeah. I don't want to be a mom anymore. Yeah. <laughs> she'd be negligent. Yeah, she'd be bad. But, going, going back to what I was saying, uh, Sarah, so, so Sarah Silverman brings up the point of like, sometimes I think after 10 years, Who's going to take a really active interest in whether I shave my legs or not? And at least after all this time, I I like James. Is it worth trading all that in for something exciting with someone I may not like in 10 years? Which is kind of like the conflict of this movie, right? It's like, yeah. do you stick with what you've what you've made and been working with or and try off in a new direction? Or like, what are the benefits and, and pros and cons of that? Yeah. One thing that I didn't like about the movie is that, and Woody Allen does this all the time, but at least with them, it's, or with Woody Allen movies, it's like a comedy and you kind of have to exaggerate for effect. And this is like more drama, I feel, than comedy and is supposed to be truer to life, I guess. Uh, more kitchen sink drama. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that it takes a really binary approach to relationships. It's like you're either married and monogamous and like this is your life. Or it's, you can have this, like, wild, fun sexual experience with this hot guy down the street. Mm-hmm. There's no middle ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought that was just a blah way to portray well, being in a relationship. I, th- I think they kind of brush up against that at the end when she's talking with Seth okay. Rogen. Because they start to have a, rela- a talk about their relationship. I'm so sorry. There's no reason to be sorry. How can you be sorry for doing what you had to do? But I think that we didn't have this conversation then. I really have no interest in having it now. I'm sorry. I got it. So it's like she could, she maybe he would have been up for it if yeah. she would have just like said, "Hey, I'm crushing on our neighbor. Can I go fuck him?" Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I love you and I love everything about this, and I just don't want to hurt you. But I really have all these things I need to get out. Yeah. You know, because they're like 28 in the movie, or so, I think it's yeah. their age. They've been married for five years. Yeah. Uh, who knows how long they dated before that. So it's like they were probably together, just the two of them, since they were like 21, 22, right. something around there. Uh, I'm like, I, like, I sympathize. You got wild oats to sow, you know? Yeah. And that's actually something I wish we'd have, we would have gotten just like a line or two of like what, what attracted her to him in the first place. Sure. Seth Rogen. Just like... Like, you know, oh, remember when we first did blah, blah, blah or something? Or like, remember when you proposed to me? I think that's what makes me not like her so much is that it's, it, to me, it looks like Seth is still like in it to win. Like he still wants a relationship to work mm-hmm. and she's already given up on it. Mm. Uh, it, it would be, it would be nice if there was like some indication of like he used to do something and he doesn't anymore, and, like, mm-hmm. it's sort of, like, an emotional letdown for her. Mm-hmm. Like, one of the things that, she, yeah, she was attracted to initially, maybe, uh, that he doesn't do anymore, isn't part of his character anymore, or something like that. 
Because, you know, if this is the guy that she got married to, I'm like, as far as I know, he's still the same guy. Yeah. Yeah, I I mean, I see what you're saying, but... uh, All right, well, I'll I'll grant you that she's not the greatest communicator. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But uh, he also doesn't seem so receptive to her problems, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. there's that scene where she comes on to him while he's cooking, and then she's clearly upset... When he's like, hey, stop, I'm trying to cook. And then she's crying and is like... Do you know it takes courage to do that? To seduce you? He's like... I'm just making chicken. That's kind of a dick move. Like, obviously your wife is upset. Go talk to her. You know, don't just sit there and be like, I'm working on this, babe. You know? At the same time, like, he was cooking. Like, it's a time-sensitive issue. And then she chooses, like, right now. She's like... I need attention right now, and if you don't give it to me, I'm gonna fucking have a fit. <laughs> and I'm like, like to me, like that just like she purposely like she picked a fight in that instance. Like hmm. she chose a bad time, and then like got all butt hurt like when she wasn't his like top priority at that moment. I'm not. I mean, I'm not gonna argue that she's not needy. She she her character does get downright unlikable at mm-hmm. points like when he's talking on the phone and she's putting his, her fingers in his mouth oh and my like god yeah. yeah like that's another thing like she chooses a horrible time to suddenly need his attention mm-hmm. and then gets all like hurt when he's not giving it to her yeah and it's i think it's a symptom of her just trying to rekindle their romance poorly, you know? Like, she wants that feeling to happen again. I feel like and she, she doesn't know to, how to do it. She wants to be put on a pedestal. Like, she wants to, like, be idolized. And I hate that. I don't know about that. It's more like she's trying to recapture something that was there before. Some kind of romance or spark that they had going on. Yeah. And she she doesn't know how to go about it. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, she's she's trying to fight off all these feelings she has for her neighbor. Yeah. So she's like, she's just conflicted in, in how to do it. I, th- I think it comes out in bad ways. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I like, there are definitely scenes where I'm like, honey, <laughs> you're going about this all wrong. Yeah, I think she just has like, issues with romance and wanting more than is possible for her. And for anybody, like, like, relationships have entropy, you know? Yeah. They kind of, like, start to peter out, and, like, you have to keep rejuvenating them. But, like, the longer you're in them, that kind of requires less of this, um, you know, loaded language that she has with na- with her neighbor, you know? Where okay. it's, like, you can you can say things, and they'll... Uh, you can interpret them in many ways. Um, like, relationships require... Clear dialogue, you know? Mm-hmm. Or mature ones do, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard. I mean, it's hard because it's like, I I sympathize with uh, wanting that, I don't know, newness or like yeah. new, whatever it is. I don't, I don't, I can't, I don't even want to keep calling it romanticism because it's like. So I'm going to, I'm going to use this to segue in, into a different Topic. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, so there's the scene at the pool where they're showering. Okay. And they're talking about, like, the benefits of, like, new. Right. And one of the women in the shower says... New things get old. So the movie kind of had, I don't want to say a fixation, but there was a very conscious focus on women's bodies, but, like, in a very natural way. Yeah. Michelle Williams pees in the pool... And it's got that dye, so it's like... I think she really pees, right? It, it looks that way. <laughs> like, the camera goes under the pool, on her butt, and then, like, blue ink starts squirting out. Uh, yeah, it's kind of, I remember the first time I saw it kind of being shocked. Like, I mean, she pees several times in the movie. Yeah, I guess you're right. And uh, she showers a lot in this movie, she too. Sh- yeah, because there's, like, the prank that, like, Seth Rogen throws yeah. the cold water when she's in the shower. Yeah, yeah. Uh... So she showers a lot. Then there's the shower scene at the pool where we get everybody who was swimming in that pool showering. <laughs> and it's all different body types. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Sarah Silverman's in there and she's naked. Michelle Williams there she's naked. Full frontal. You get the whole oh, yeah. thing. Everything. There's a woman. There's one woman that is an older woman and she's just going at that, that everything down between her legs. She's just like... <laughs> and 
they had to decide to shoot that. Like, that wasn't accidental. They didn't, like, walk into a shower and just, like, <laughs> catch whatever they caught. Like, they had to set up the camera, like, totally. on the dolly or on the stand or wherever it was. Yeah. Get everyone in frame. Get everyone doing what they're doing. Lathered up appropriately. Like, that was a conscious decision to get. And I don't know why. Yeah. So I have a couple theories on this. So first of all, the scene just before that um, is the one where she's talking with Seth Rogen about having a baby mm. and getting a dog. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that it's sort of a hint at, like, women have biological clocks, you know? Like, mm-hmm. it's sort of like, there's all, while we want romance, there's also, like, this need to, like, get a baby before you're too old to do that. And then mm-hmm. they show older bodies mm-hmm. and it's like, you know, new things get old, honey. So yeah. it's like, you can't keep, basically it's like, you can't keep chasing the rainbow mm-hmm. of a new romance because eventually you're not going to be attractive to anybody anymore. Yeah. And I guess you could also use that argument the other way around too, is like, don't pin yourself down too early. Cause like you may still be young and beautiful and couldn't, and can do that. So yeah. I don't know. It's kind of ambivalent there, but then, uh, she follows that scene with um, the scene where she and Hawkeye have the martinis. And I think where he's describing what he would do to her. I hated that scene well, so much. Well, I think much. what she's doing is like, so there's full-on naked bodies. Like, we're seeing for several several minutes on the screen. And it's, like, completely de-eroticized, right? Like, mm-hmm. there's it, it's not sexy at all. Yeah. Um. And then you follow that with him talking about sex, and it's that scene where they're just sitting in a bar, and him talking about sex is much sexier. Like the idea of sex is is hotter than actually seeing a naked person. Do you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I think yeah. she's kind of trying to illustrate that that contrast there, and and that's the same thing with you know Michelle Williams' character. Where it's like the idea of this guy is probably way hotter than actually fucking him. You okay. know? Yeah. I, I I feel like that point. I felt like what he was actually saying, though, was <laughs> how a gay guy who doesn't know women thinks women want to have sex. <laughs> like, yeah, it's not it's not comfortable to sit through. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I also, like, I don't know any girls that, like, really, like, want a guy to say, like, in, like, a quiet bar setting, like, I'm yeah, this is 2 p.m. that they're having these in you so hard. <laughs> I mean, but this character is not a normal... I don't think she's representative of women you mean our, everywhere. Oh, I, I thought you meant our rickshaw runner. No. Hot guy. <laughs> well, he's not representative of... Of rickshaw anybody. runners? Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag not all rickshaw runners. <laughs> uh, she calls him Gaylord at one point. I wrote that down, too. Like, that seemed... Strange. They kind of, like, neg each other on a little bit, you know? Yeah. It's like, it's a weird style of flirting where he calls her an asshole on the airplane. Mm-hmm. Like, right I, away. I think if some stranger, no matter how hot they were, called me an asshole that I barely was talking to, it's like, no. Yeah. Or in a bar, anywhere. If I was yeah. just starting to flirt with someone and they called me that, it's like, you, you don't know me well enough to call me that. Yeah. And therefore, I'm not interested in you. But, I don't know, she's into it. Um... Different strokes, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's a, maybe that's a comment on like sh- how like romantic comedies like women fall for the stupidest shit. I mean, like what's the what's the love actually? There oh, and I never saw I never saw that one. I haven't either, but I've seen the scene where he like knocks on Kira Knightley's door and he's like he just has these signs up to her and he's pretending like and she he just keeps pulling them like her husband's in the house watching TV. He's like, who is it? Hunch is like, it's carolers. And on the thing, it's like, just say that it's carolers. And then he pulls one away and it's like, oh, I love you. Blah, blah, blah. And it's like, boy, like, it's gross. That's stalkery. I was, was going to say, just based on this description, it sounds like he's about to murder her. Yeah. And <laughs> just say it's carolers. Yeah. It's kind of, I don't know. It's, it's funny that like in the movie that apparently comes across as romantic, but like in real life, if someone was doing that, it'd be like, I'm calling 911 now, you know. And actually, I wrote that down about this movie, too, because there's, like, there's a lot of, like, walking that line between what would be considered romantic and what would be considered being a fucking creepo, you know? Yeah. On both of their sides, you know? She, like, wakes up early and pretends to be going to the grocery store. Oh, yeah. When he's, just as he's coming out with his rickshaw, it's like, 
Honey. <laughs> you're pretty. We know what you're doing. Uh, so while I think that Sarah Silverman is really like the shining light in this movie, she's my favorite part, I feel like Seth Rogen is a solid second. There's the scene when, like, I guess she's asking for a divorce. Mm-hmm. And it kind of just does, like, little pans in and out, or little fades in and out uh, of, like, his side talking. Like, you don't see her talking. You right. just see, like, him sort of uh, gone on. And he sold it. Like, he sold that scene for me. I thought you were going to be there when I died. I thought he really embodied it. And then when they meet up again later at the end of the movie and they he has that like we didn't have this conversation when we were married mm-hmm. i like the way that they talk because to me they talked like exes actually talk mm-hmm. like i remember you know with some time to heal yeah yeah like not right away but it's like i don't know it, it struck me as real like they're they're friendly but they're not friends right you know they will be civil you know to each other, but they're not going to, like, go get some ice cream. Right. Uh, so I, I like that. In fact, I, I would say that I, I actively liked the movie po- post-breakup. Mm-hmm. I felt, those last 20 minutes. Yeah, the, yeah. I, like, those last 20 minutes I thought were solid. So we get, like, the, the camera rotating around in the loft. We get Seth Rogen spilling his guts. Mm-hmm. And then we have that last scene uh, at the house... And all three of those were solid. Mm-hmm. Like, and then that's also, in that 20 minutes, that's also when you realize that the opening baking scene, which I think oh, we're led yeah. to believe is her in, in Seth Rogen's and hers kitchen. Yeah. Um, you find out, no, it's actually when, you know, she's with Hot Dude. Yeah. Um, so you get that reveal, which is kind of fun. Yeah. Um, but I think, yeah, I think that that's the strongest part of this movie is that it really that's when it really turns the genre on its head okay is that like it's it could stop and be just like this romantic movie where she oh she ends up with what's his name but then it keeps going it's sort of like did you ever read the westing game i'm not a book guy okay (laughs) it's a weird i mean it's it's a young adult novel from maybe the 80s i don't know and um there it the movie or the book takes place in a specific period of time and it's kind of a mystery and then like when once it ends the last like i don't know 10 to 20 pages it just expands into this weird universe of like and then she grew up and had family blah 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 and just like i don't know it's just, it's just funny to have to think that like something should end or where it could end and still be a fine piece of work but then to it like this extra coda or whatever really makes really makes it different and mm-hmm. like sells it um, because then, like, you know, you realize that she's never going to be happy, and I think that's what the last scene shows, her on that roller, well, it's not a roller coaster, whatever, spinny, lighty, video Teacups. There you go, yeah. Um, and she's alone, because previously she was, she was in it with, uh, yeah. And then I, I wonder, is she, uh, what's she thinking while she's on there? Is she thinking, like, is she going I back to remembering? <laughs> Is she, like, remembering when they had their ride together? Or is she just, like... It could be. She, she could be suddenly romanticizing what her old... Her new relationship used to be. Yeah. Uh, or is she just, like, enjoying being alone and, like... I mean, what is she thinking in that moment? I'm gonna... I, if, I had to, if I had to place it, I'd say that she's probably romanticizing what her new relationship used to be like. That she's already longing for the new or for the the original exciting days of it. Right. She's just a hopeless romantic. <laughs> so in in like the final scene at the house mm-hmm. where you got Seth and Sarah and Michelle. Right. Uh, so uh, Sarah Silverman's character is a recovering alcoholic. Oh. She falls off the wagon. Yeah, we haven't talked about this yet. Uh, and everyone's sort of meeting at the house because, like, she's gone missing. She was, like, supposed to pick up the kids or something like that, and she's AWOL. Right, right. So she shows up, runs into the trash can, gets out of the car with a box full of little ducklings or chickens. Or chickens. Yeah. yeah. She, and it's like, I got these for the kids. And I like that she's drunk, but she's not overselling it. Mm-hmm. Like, 
you know that she's drunk because she, like, can't find her keys and, like, she, you know, looks a little tipsy, but she's not like, yeah. you know, it's her not like she's just two, slurred enough. Yeah, yeah, like, it's not like she's wearing two different size heels while she's walking around. <laughs> and, uh, but I also like what she says to Michelle Williams because she's like, oh my god, I haven't seen you in forever. You know, they were sisters-in-law. Yeah. Um, and Michelle Williams is like, almost not quite shaming her but hinting of being like how could you do this or like did right. something happen and she goes no 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 you can't do this to me yeah I'm an alcoholic moron nothing happened this is my natural state and I've always <laughs> liked that line I was like yeah I mean you're an alcoholic and you're drunk like that's sort of true yeah you have to fight to be a sober person if you're yeah. an alcoholic yeah. and then she's like you fucked up much more than I did. Like, you can't undo this. I'll sober up. You've gone too far. Right. But then I would say that alcoholism is almost uh, a metaphor for her hopeless romanticism. Because mm. she just keeps falling off that wagon, you know? Yeah. She just, she's never going to be able... She's never going to be able to be a sober romantic because she's... Cue addicted to love. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so I would say that that's sort of what Sarah Silverman's alcoholism is a, is a I can representation see it. of. I that. In that final scene, I think what I liked... Well, I liked a lot of things about it, but then there's also a nice little direction. Like, uh, as Michelle Williams is walking away, she waves goodbye at, uh, at Seth Rogen... You know, he waves goodbye back, and then she starts walking towards the camera, and the camera pans, and you see the car wreck behind her. Right. And I just thought that was a nice little pan. Like, she's waving goodbye to her ex-husband, pan over to car crash. Remember that this was a car crash. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever brushed your teeth while peeing? I feel like that's gross. Well, if I'm in a rush, I sit down to do it, though. Because otherwise you're like, the motion of this (laughs) makes your dick just Mm. swing everywhere. Yeah. And then, you know, splashing. It's tough enough to aim that thing. So I'm always peeing with my eyes closed anyway. In the dark, eyes closed, <laughs> while brushing your teeth. Yeah. I like to challenge myself <laughs> trying to fend off while all spinning fibers. spinning plates. <laughs> um, Circus music playing. <laughs> you got one on your dick. <laughs> it's amazing when I go to the bathroom. <laughs> Whenever I use the public restroom, everyone's just clapping. I'm so impressed. Uh, well, I, I have a question for you. How much do you want to take that water aerobics class with Sarah None. Silverman? You don't. Zero. Don't you like the guy? He wasn't even in the water with him. Prospector. <laughs> He's like. And three more. And two more. And I lied to you. And I lied to you again. I'm such a liar. I think it'd be fun. No, I didn't find him. Charming at all. <laughs> Fine, I'll take the water aerobics class by myself. Me and Sarah. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you and all the old biddies. Uh, How much would you pee in that pool? <laughs> well, I'd try it once if I knew it was going to change color. <laughs> See what color it is. At the end of class. Can I'll you be... get my plates? <laughs> one, one moment, let me get the... Let me hit... Cue the music. <laughs> Instructor, uh, Spotify bathroom mix. <laughs> all in all, I like, uh, I do like this movie because I do think it kind of attacks the genre and what it, what it does to girls mm-hmm. a little bit and their expectations for romance or people in general. Let's not say, let's not say girls, but like just romanticism in general, what it does to people. Um, it's no, you know, unforgiven as far as that is to genre but it's uh it's a good effort and i like it coming up next week yes you read my mind so next week we have some guests oh okay uh that's right the boys from the gayish podcast are going to join us 
and we're going to watch the celluloid closet. Oh, our first documentary. Yes. Uh, I feel it's thematically in line with mm -hmm. uh, all of our podcasts. Indeed. So, uh, yes, next week we'll be doing the celluloid closet. Great. I didn't know that that was about gay people on film. <laughs> When I watched it for the first time. You think it was like a fat harvesting summer? <laughs> Why did I watch it now that I think about it? I'm just like, what's this movie about? Celluloid. Making soap. <laughs> huh. But I remember I remember really liking it. And um, actually, there's a lot of talking points on that that I, that I still use today. Like talking about the sissy and... Um, I learned about the movie Rope from that. Mm, mm, so lots mm, of movies mm. I learned about from that, too. Cool. Excellent. I'm excited. Good. Let's plug our junk. Follow us on Twitter, mm -hmm. at X-Rated Movies. Yes. We also have a Facebook. We're on the Facebooks at the address to follow Rated X Movies. Facebook.com slash Rated X. Right. Uh, <laughs> Uh, like, subscribe, review, rate on iTunes, just yeah. X-rated movies. Or Stitcher, or Overcast, or whatever you're listening to. However this is getting into your ear holes. Find that uh, service and tell them what you love about us. <laughs> we would really appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, and you can email us. We will. It's a guarantee. Like, we won't have one of our interns do it. Like, we will respond personally. Uh, it's just x.rated.movies at gmail.com. Mm -hmm. Kara, Kara, you don't have to respond to the emails. We'll, we'll get to it. Thank you. Thank you. you. You can go home. Sanjay, you're fired. It wasn't working out anyway. I know you've been stealing paper clips. We need those for our idea board. Uh, and then another day at work, another box of stolen pens. <laughs> Great. Well, uh,. We'll see you guys next week. See you next week. With the cellulite closet. See you then. Bye. Bye. <laughs>